Yes. My high school diploma. Still sealed. Boy, I must have just stuck it in here and forgot all about it. Now, Kelly, I want you to look at this. Because one day you'll have a beautiful diploma just like this that reads... Report for summer school. <laughs> you must complete one half credit more before you qualify for a diploma. Mom never graduated from high school? She's a dropout. A functional illegitimate. Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a open? No Man Presents, live from the Nudie Bar, the Married with Children Podcast. And here are your hosts, Jerry, Jamie, and Al. What's up, guys? My name is Al. I truly, truly want to die. I'm Jamie. No way am I fours. It might take me five or six years, but I'm going to graduate. And I'm Jerry, and I just put in a video cassette, and I'm ready to uh, do my taxes. Right, right. Well, yeah, this is the show that makes you feel like you're doing your taxes. Absolutely. So, guys, we are reviewing Peggy Made a Little Lamb. That's uh, witty, I guess. Yeah, sure. That's pretty funny. Uh, to finally earn her high school diploma, Peg is forced to join Kelly's home ec class. Like mother, like daughter. Whew. Okay, well, uh, this episode surely, uh, at least in my opinion, opens up with one of the best Bud and Kelly back and forths. <laughs> Kelly uh, has a pretty interesting idea. She's doing her school pictures, so she's holding a frame in front of her and looking in the mirror to really get what it would look like in a picture, I guess. Um, I've never seen anyone do that before or since, but I guess it's a good idea. Bud, what do you think? This look good for my graduation picture? <laughs> I don't know, Kel. If you really want people to remember you, you might want to try this. And he puts the frame just around her body. Now we just need to add a few fingerprints. Every man's memory. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that was, and it's funny because that is a, that seemed like a big one, like a pretty thought out, well done joke, and Bud is super witty for that one, and um, it didn't get as big of an audience reaction as I thought it would. You know, I, it, it, it's a really, really solid joke, but I, I feel like um, audiences laugh more at punchlines more than they do visual ones. So I think it's because it was visual, but I think it's one of the best jokes uh, out of the physical jokes. Yeah. <laughs> this is the second Peg-centric episode in a row. We just did Peggy Turns 300, and now we got this one. And it's weird because we've had a lot of like Kelly-centric episodes, and we got another one. So they're, they're really going with the girls lately. It's like it's the year of the woman. Yeah, and before that... It's, it was seemingly a Marcy episode with Steve leaving and the two-parter, and Al kind of took over the second half. But, yeah, they're doing a lot of, like, women-focused uh, episodes 
at this time. And Al wasn't even all that present in this one. I mean, he had some funny lines and he was there some, but for the most of it, you know, he was he was just coming home from work repeatedly. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. They, they they are repeatedly doing things with him. Like even in the last episode, remember he kept coming home and looking at Peg on the couch and commented on it in the uh, the uh, what goes around came around episode. Mom, I want to look really good for my graduation pictures. Can I get a tattoo? <laughs> Kelly, honey, we had this tattoo talk when you were eight. And Peg recalls the conversation from age eight, but she doesn't recall the one when Kelly was going to get a tattoo with Brian. But uh, during that age, she said no tattoos on anyone in this family from the waist up. You know, I, I made me, it reminded me of the uh, slumber party talk she had when she was a kid also. What was she doing at that young of age that she had to have talks about slumber parties and tattoos? Yeah, well, the police uh, wanted to try her as an adult, so whatever it was, was bad. No tattoos above the waist for any member of this family, young lady. Now, it's funny that uh, Peg says this because, you know, with the whole tattoo from the waist down thing, because oddly enough, Kelly eventually gets a tattoo on her ankle. Uh, If you see in the later episode, she has an ankle, like, bracelet-looking tattoo. So, she listened. Jamie, would you ever consider getting love on one breast and hate on the other with tattoos? Well, I did it, but I didn't consider it very much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No. That would make sense. No, I've never, um, I actually think that they can, that, like, chest tattoos can look really good on other women, but it's not something that I've ever been into. I mean, I have tattoos. I love tattoos. It's not a thing with tattoos. Um, it's just that particular spot, you know. I don't know. Yeah. In the movie Sleepaway Camp 3, the girl that Angela killed with a garbage truck and became when she went back to camp, what were the two tattoos on her breasts? Wasn't one like milk? Oh, that's right. I do not remember. But yeah, you're right about that. I think one of them was milk and I don't remember yeah. the other one. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> but and besides, I don't need verbs bouncing against my knees <laughs> when you're 60. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mo- most tattoos are a memory of a time. So even if you grow past that time, as long as it wasn't like, hopefully you didn't get like a swastika tattooed on you or something. Yeah, because when I'm 60, I might change my mind. Yeah. Yeah, you might all of a sudden be okay. <laughs> well, I was considering getting some garbage pail kid tattoos on my arms. You know what? You should. I really should. I have to get at least one. Yeah, at least, at least get your favorite one. Mm-hmm. Or get, like, the iconic, like, atom bomb or something. <laughs> Honey, let me show you what a yearbook picture should look like. Now look what you've done. We have to look through the old folks' book again. <laughs> the worst part is when she sighs when she opens it. Oh. oh, Bonnie Malone. Now, here is a perfect example of what not to do in a high school yearbook. <laughs> Pose with your baby. <laughs> Who's the hunk? That's your father. <laughs> what were you guys thinking when Kelly said, Who's the hunk? And it was her father. 
I'm thinking you've never seen a picture of your dad before. <laughs> yeah, and I'm also wondering why she didn't freak out after she found out it was her dad. Like, I feel like he would have been, like, gross or something. I, I was looking at her face to see what she thought of that, and she didn't seem mm-hmm. to really have a reaction, right? No, yeah, she didn't. it was kind of... Uh, I mean, I like the joke that followed up with uh, Bud. And saying, what's that on his face? Oh, a smile. Yeah, it's amazing. Like... That was good, but it almost seems like they just they dropped the Kelly saying you or something so they could move on to the hair, smile, and shoulders jokes. Right, and those were all good jokes. That he has hair, his shoulders are up here. Hair and smile and shoulders, knees and toes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> so Al was happy before Peg, huh? Wow. Let's see your picture, Mom. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh, oh, you were so pretty, Mom. And then within an earshot, I mean, I don't know how on earth this just, nothing came of it. She says, what happened right in front of Peck? Well, it has been 60 years. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, it was, uh, she did that soap opera thing where you just sort of slightly turn and suddenly they can't hear you even though they're six inches away from you. I love that. I wonder what the actor's thinking when this is going on. They're like, okay, so I have to act like I didn't hear that one. (laughs) (laughs) This is good acting. I'm just going to ignore it. Oh, look at this. My high school diploma. Still sealed. Boy, I must have just stuck it in here and forgot all about it. Now, Kelly, I want you to look at this. Because one day you'll have a beautiful diploma just like this that reads... Report for summer school. (laughs) You must complete one half credit more before you qualify for a diploma. Mom never graduated from high school? Uh, She didn't know. I guess no teacher or counselor or anybody bothered to mention to her, oh, hey, you didn't pass. So I guess we'll see you in summer school or whatever. So make sure you show up. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It was just in a letter. They didn't bother talking to anyone individually. Yeah, does she not go to a graduation and, like, receive her diploma? Was she not in a cap and gown? Yeah, like, didn't they? Didn't she wonder why when they were in the W's? Yeah, just think. She was, she was in the W's, so she waited all night to finally get to her name. And they didn't even call it, and she didn't think anything of it. Well, Maybe her mom there... couldn't fit in the gym, so they didn't go. <laughs> oh, by the way, let me make this show official. I'm sorry. Season 4, episode 20. <laughs> we just got right into it. Director Jerry Cohen. Writers Ellen L. Fogel, Michael Moy. And the original air date was April 15th, 1990. I think I'm going to change my last name to Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Cohen. Yeah, but you also got to change your first name and make it with a G. Well, I've already said how I feel about that, but you know what? Maybe, maybe I'll be an illegitimate. I want to change my name to Kevin Curran. I want to change my name to Bambi. <laughs> Bambi. Just Bambi? Do you want you just don't want to throw a last name on there? No, nope, just Bambi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is interesting because we were talking about how you know you know she didn't know and uh, just. This year, like uh, as in about two weeks ago, I have a friend whose 15 year or I'm sorry, 14 year old son. She found out when she got a letter from the school after the end of school 
that he failed the eighth grade. Hmm. She had no idea that he was going to be failing. And I mean, no one had ever, and they don't have paper report cards. You don't get paper report cards anymore. They do. They have like a portal thing online. She says, you know, she's like, well, apparently nobody told him. And I'm like, nah, I'm not buying that. Like, I'm not buying for one second that not one of his teachers said, look, dude, you better buckle down. You're about to grow. You're about to fail. All right. Hey, John, I you're just, failing. I just, it just, I don't see that happening. And I said, that's bullshit. Like, he didn't tell you, but he knew. He had to know. Wait, so if they have their report cards, like, online, do they not have a thing where the parents have to online and do, like, an online signature or something? I would think so. Like, I would think that you have to, like, go in and, like, sign on and, you know, sign and then, you know, do some kind of online signature thing. I would assume. Uh, but she didn't actually go into any detail about that. But... Can you get her on the show so we can interview her? <laughs> I need to... I need answers to this. Yeah. So I just thought that was funny because the whole... When I was watching this episode, and I was it basically just snuck up on her. You know? I'm well, like, yeah. hmm. 20 years later. Well, uh, Peg was supposed to report to summer school for one half of a credit. You know what's weird, though? On my closed captioning, it says half credit. It says one slash two credit. Well, yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Did I say I didn't mean one and a half? No, no, no. But she clearly says one and a half. Oh, she does. I thought she said, I thought she said one half. Yeah, me too. You must complete one half credit more. It sounded to me like one and a half, and I thought it was weird because it says, it clearly says half credit right there. But how do you get a half credit from a failing class? Yeah. Then that, again, how would you get one and a half? Right. Yeah. Either one doesn't make. Yeah. Uh, why did it, Why did they even say half at all? Like, why didn't they just say one credit? Like, why Why does that help the stewardess? I have? guess because they thought it would be funnier if she was just that so close, close to, you know, yep. just you just barely missed graduating. And then they top it off by saying uh, the class was home ec, which is no surprise. Uh, even Kelly says that. I really liked all of um, Katie Seagull's facial expressions from this point on. Uh, until she gets to like the, I'm not saying any of them are bad from from that point, but I like how she reacts and the faces she makes when she's down and out about it, and everybody's saying things about it. From the point where she says, "Well, don't tell your dad; he wouldn't understand," like like you guys, and then from that point until she goes to school, just look at how all her facial expressions with every single interaction she has they're really good and really uh, interesting in in acting choices. <laughs> Oh, well, that's your father. Uh, let's not tell him about this. He may not understand like you do. Family, the greatest thing happened. The cash register at the store closed out 20 cents over. Guess whose pocket that went into? Congratulations, you can buy a piece of Bazooka Joe gum. Right. I'm not sure why. Uh, I guess that's a meal for you. <laughs> But I'm not really sure why you're that excited about it. Yeah. Because he, do, he doesn't have any money. Hey, the old high school yearbook. Seems like just the other day your mother and I graduated. <laughs> and soon my little pumpkin will graduate. And next year, Bud. Bud will go off to college one day. You're going to be the smartest Bundy yet, son. So I guess I'll be the second smartest. 
Of course, Peg will be third. <laughs> Kelly, well... No, uh-uh, not me. I'm third. It may take me five or six years, but at least I'm going to graduate. What do you mean, Kelly? Kelly spills the beans because she doesn't want to look like the fourth dumbest person in the family. And then it's cool because the next scene starts off and you don't really... It's kind of like they don't, they're not talking about it right away. They're talking about what to watch on TV. So you're like, oh, well, I wonder what was said next. I mean, did, did Kelly did say what really happened or whatever? And then the jokes start rolling. <laughs> Family TV hour, Buck. Now, let's see what's on TV. Hey, here's a good show for you, Peg. Goober. <laughs> Goober goes to town. <laughs> Go ahead, Peg. You try to read the rest. <laughs> How about this one? How about some math, Mom? How many fingers am I holding? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mom. Answer this one. <laughs> oh, well, it doesn't matter. At least I'm not the stupidest. <laughs> Kids, come with me. I want to show you something. It's the only one of its kind in the house. My high school diploma. Ooh. <laughs> Kelly, pretty soon you'll have one, then Bud, you'll have one, and then, well, that's all. <laughs> and what was, the, what was the second thing to watch? Goober goes to town. Yeah, referencing uh, Goober oh. from the Andy Griffith show. Yeah, which is interesting because he didn't have a spinoff show. There wasn't a show called Goober. I don't know. There was Andy Griffith show. There was Mayberry RFD. There was Gomer Pyle USMC, which was great. But there was no Goober show. There was Ghost of Mr. Chicken. I love that movie. Hmm. Good on you for knowing it. Yeah. I have it on Blu-ray. Oh, my God. You're the best. Wow. Come on, man. Don Knox. Get on that. Wow. Like a redneck Albert and Costello. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. That's not fair. Buck graduated obedience school. See? Here's his diploma. So, see, Peg, you're kind of fifth smartest. I am not dumber than the dog. Oh, yeah? Well, let's just see about that. Buck, get off the couch. When was the last time you did that, Peg? We're going to touch on Buck a little bit more because a big event happens. And we never really talked about Buck all that much except that he was sort of an asshole. Uh, Other than that, we really never said nothing about him. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Wait, why do you think Buck's an asshole? Um, What did we decide, Jamie? Because, oh, when, when he... When Al was trying to sneak out of the house and Buck was barking at him, or where Buck took his burger out of his hand, or where Buck didn't give the letter to save them in the woods. Like I mean, that dog. sounds like typical Bundy stuff. <laughs> yeah, but I guess when it's from a dog, it's it seems harsher. That sounds like you're a speciesist. <laughs> like humans, you expect this. Well, I mean, it just shows how much of a Bundy he is. <laughs> yeah, oh, he is. You know what? He's the dog that watched Lassie, so I think you should show some respect. That's true. Okay. I will. So, <laughs> uh, Bud and Kelly do that high-five, like, hand-grab thing again. 
bonding with each other over this time that they have a dropout of a mother. You know what that reminds me of every time they do it? Mm, what? There's another Sleepaway Camp reference, but it's Sleepaway Camp 1 whenever they're talking about who's got the night off. And they say, Meg, you've got the night off. And she's like, yeah. And she does that high five thing with the other counselor and then like the little fist thing. The, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That every time they do that, that's what I think. <laughs> it goes back. <laughs> Alex, is it because we just did something on Sleepaway Camp that Sleepaway Camp is popping up everywhere right now? It's it's in the air. Um, <laughs> well, it is summertime. That's true. It always comes around. I watch all three Sleepaway Camps every single summer. Uh, like I said, Peg failed home economics. Are you going to make up the class, Mom? Are you kidding? I can't spare the time. The Battle of the Luckiest Men Alive is on TV this week. This week, Gavin McLeod squares off with Joe Piscopo. We did a whole thing on Joe Piscopo already. So if you want to learn Mo, uh, Mo, Mo, Mo about Joe Piscopo, uh, Mo about Joe Piscopo, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mo, Mo, Mo. Bar, are you going to mow the lawn today? Okay, but you promised me more money. I'm all, I'm all. Mo, mo, mo. When Bart's done, can we mow to the movies? There's a moat name? Of course. All work and mo play makes mo a mo mo. Mo 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 So if you want to hear more about Joe Piscopo and the reason that this is the second time the writers have written that he's the luckiest man of some kind or another. Uh, listen to our episode, The House That Peg Lost. I think it's in it's within the first uh, five to seven minutes. Oh, yeah. I remember that now. Yeah. <clears throat> so we're not going to go over it again uh, just because it's referenced again. So now what I did do, though. Is realize that the Battle of the Luckiest Men Alive is actually about Steve? <laughs> no. Oh. I looked up Gavin McLeod. Well, I'm looking at, like, why he would be considered lucky. And, I mean, he had a good career and everything. Uh, he was, like, the captain of the love boat. The love boat. Meryl Stubbing. He was on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Uh, it was an airplane. Yeah, he was with Clint Eastwood and Telly Savalas, Carol O'Connor, Ernest Borgnine. He worked with a lot of big people. Uh, so I guess you could say that's why. So Al brings the season four bum into the house <laughs> to show that you don't have to go. You don't have to graduate to be important in this world. I wonder if you paid him the 20 cents to do this. <laughs> I like the look on Al's face as he's looking at the bum walk in. He has that, like, serious look. Like he's not joking about this. Uh, Kelly's in class. She has this weird thing where uh, whenever she's sleeping and the teacher calls her, she says, my dog ate my homework. How do you guys feel about that? Um, To me, I really thought they could have come up with something better just because that is such a trope of an excuse. It's so overdone. It just seems not, I don't know. I, you I know wish what? they had been a little more creative. I was thinking the exact same thing, but as Jamie said that, I then thought about Kelly as a character, and I don't think she could come up with anything better than what would be a common cliche. 
That's true too, but I don't know. I still wish they missed because they use it twice, and I st- and so I wish it was something a little more creative. But they used all their creativeness in the uh, upcoming joke, which it enters my running Hall of Fame of I can't believe they just said that joke. <laughs> Yeah, I get it. If she's that dumb, then yeah, we can't expect her to dig any deeper than what a five-year-old would say. So I guess we're going to sacrifice writers who could have tried a little harder and then them telling us, oh, well, you just don't get her character then, do you? Because we did that the way it should have been done. Thank you very much. You know, I'm sure they would say it that way. Today we will review for our final exam. But first, I would like to say that it has been a delight to see you change from innocent freshmen to the leaders of tomorrow. Uh, Will someone please wake up Miss Bundy? (laughs) The dog ate my homework. (laughs) Miss Bundy, why can't you be more like Reuben? (laughs) Well, we both like boys. And Reuben just smiles and faces the class and faces the front again and keeps smiling. Does not seem bothered by this whatsoever. So maybe it was just an accurate statement. I I guess so, but it it enters uh, the gym teacher lady jokes of, I really cannot believe they got away with saying this joke. Oh, well, come on, look at the time period. Of course they got away with it. I know, but st- I mean, I don't know. I guess this show has a lot of examples of I really can't believe they just went there. Yeah, you still, although we could believe it, it's still jarring. Cause it's, like, it's not like it's a movie. It's not like like I watched Monster Squad yesterday and they use that kind of language. Right. And it's a movie and it's one thing. But to hear it on t- regular TV in the late 80s, early 90s that this show was running is surprising because of uh, it going up against other shows like Family Matters and Cosby Show. Yeah, like they would never even go near this. Well, that was the point of this show, though. Yeah. Well, I know, but it's it's still very surprising to me, even though I know it's the point of the show where I, it's, just, it's, it's like Kelly taking off her... Uh, jacket at the bowling alley to distract the boys on the other team like it's just like i can't believe they're doing this wow you are you're too close to a millennial for me that's (laughs) actually probably true (laughs) hey steve was a millennial y'all just didn't know it yet (laughs) well let's talk about uh this guy uh ruben his real name is patrick dancy um, he is known for Simon, Family Matters, Guys Next Door, The Pretender. Most people in pop culture will know him from Saved by the Bell. He was uh, Lisa's boyfriend, and he thought everybody in her life was a loser. Like, he just insulted Zach and Slater and Kelly and Jesse that turned Lisa off so much that she just like dumped him. Wow. He was in NYPD blue. He he hasn't worked since 2004, but he's still alive. Oh, that's good to know. (laughs) Oh, and he was in family matters, which wasn't that one of the shows you just name checked, Jerry. Yes, it was. That's funny. He was Urkel on family matters. What? (laughs) I'm just kidding. But he kind of looks like him. Was he his cousin or something? 
<laughs> I was like, why does he look like Urkel? And he was on that show. I need to go watch this episode of him on Saved by the Bell because how he looks here and then you tell me his role in Saved by the Bell was claiming that all they of Lisa's losers. friends were losers. I'm kind of <laughs> like, I got to see this for myself. <laughs> yeah, you should. Oh, look at Slater and Jesse are back together. Let's go talk to them. <laughs> talk to that Neanderthal? Get real. And Jesse's worse. What a pseudo-intellectual neurotic. <laughs> Don't you like any of my friends? Are you kidding? Worst of all, Zach. Even sleep requires too much thinking for him. You know, Lisa, I think it's time you made some new friends. Well, excuse me for breathing. Now, Kelly quotes Casablanca uh, when she says, Of all the home ec classes in all the cities in all the world, she has to walk into mine. And there is Peg walking into Kelly's home ec class with like a week left of school or whatever. Now, she makes the same reference in another episode later. Something Larry This Way Comes uh, when she's playing in a, a play, The Phantom of the Opera. Um, she says, of all the opera joints in all the world, he had to walk into mine. I guess she really likes Casablanca. I guess so. Yeah. It is a classic. Kelly can come over to my house and we'll watch it on Laserdisc. Yep. I think I'm kidding. I have it on Laserdisc. I'm trying to get Kelly over. Oh, no, we got it. <laughs> I figured I have to say that now, right? Yeah, you have to take Dan's part. Yeah, Dan's not here to say that. <laughs> so Peg breaks out a cigarette within four seconds of sitting down. <laughs> That's about right. Yeah, like that. I never, how, uh, she sits down and then the lady says, okay, so wait, I smell smoke. How in the world could all that happen that quickly? She's a pro. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, we all saw her smoke, like, what, four or five cigarettes at once? So she was turning into grandma in front of her very own eyes. Yeah. Now, I always and continue to hate the accent of this girl. Hey, Kelly, are you up for vandalizing the graveyard tonight? If they're still vandalizing the graveyard tonight. (laughs) Is that not the most (laughs) out of place thing ever? Like, you're in Chicago. I honestly don't, I don't, I didn't pick up on it being anything weird. I think I must not have been paying attention to her, how she said it. Oh my God. It always stuck out. Even when I was like 11, I was, I was always taken back by it. I was like, uh, okay. Are you up for vandalizing the graveyard tonight? It was always odd to me. Wow. Did you notice that, Jerry? Uh, no, I didn't really notice anything with it. Ah. Oh. I was thinking like vandalize a graveyard like there's not better places you can vandalize (laughs) well like i was too caught up on that i'm like at least when like trashing them from return to living dead went to a graveyard they party they didn't necessarily vandalize it you didn't ask her hey let's go drink or hey let's go get with some boys or let's go you know raise the devil or something in the graveyard no let's go spray paint some stuff well even uh suicide said have some respect yeah, exactly. You know, he showed respect to the living dead, or the dead. And we all know life means nothing to him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's another guy who life means nothing to. That's true. Wow, so yeah, Kelly vandalizes graveyards. Huh. Well, no, that would be wrong. Yeah. Only Reuben knows how to make 
cinnamon toast. Now, I don't even know what cinnamon toast is. I thought it was like French toast, and then it they put like a cinnamon taste on it, but they, nobody ever mentions French toast. So is there something else that cinnamon toast is? Is it like that when you buy the loaves and there's like the swirl in it, and it, is that cinnamon, and I guess you have to... So the recipe for cinnamon toast on the board reads, ingredients, bread, one tablespoon of butter, one tablespoon powdered sugar, one tablespoon, uh, I'm sorry, one tablespoon powdered cinnamon, one tablespoon sugar, turn on toaster, set temperature to 125 for approximately four minutes, watch closely as not to burn it, you want it to to be just the right crispness, using real butter is very important, don't forget the butter, that is what the board says. I hope that answers yeah. your questions. Um, we used to make cinnamon toast. And I used to, when I was um, probably in my 20s, like my roommate and I, we used to make it so often that we had a shaker that we put in half cinnamon and half sugar. And so we had this shaker of cinnamon sugar. And then all we did was take bread, spread some butter on it, sprinkle on the cinnamon sugar mix. And then, or, and we would do that and then put it in the oven or you could use the toaster and then spread the butter on and then spread on the cinnamon sugar if you were, you know, trying to go trying to go faster. But you could do it ahead of time and then put it in the oven, and that was good, too. I'm a bit of a gourmet. You're a gourmet. <laughs> <laughs> now they're both sleeping. They both get asked to wake up. The dog ate both of their homework. So I guess that's kind of cute that Kelly... That was, yeah. Yeah, has the same terrible student career is peg and has the same terrible lies why does when peggy come back to school she goes under the name wanker again yeah i didn't know that either i wonder if it was to protect oh oh maybe because um that's what she was when she was yeah but that wouldn't that wouldn't make a difference i was gonna say that's what she was when she left it's not like if jamie goes back to school she's gonna go back and be called miss jenkins right i don't know i don't know what the thought process was there so uh, they all have to make something for their, I guess, final grade, which is all apparently Peg has to do to uh, like, like, remember, you know how we, we try to find logistics of things like let's not even tap into this because it's, it's like, oh, you need a half a credit. So you have to go to school for a week and then you'll get your diploma if you get one passing grade for one assignment. Plus, it's it's kind of ridiculous to even look into that when. Someone has cut peaches and another person has carrot sticks. Yeah. Like, you can literally just go buy carrot sticks. Right. And you could cut, you could literally cut them. You could just take, no matter what it is, it's like not cooking. What kind of home ec class? What, what are these girls going to do when they get married? They're going to serve sliced peaches and carrot sticks. <laughs> right. Like, I don't, I don't understand what, what's happening here. And why would you have, like, carrot sticks and jello and then crown rack of lamb? Like out of nowhere, <laughs> so, that was so silly. <laughs> yeah, that w- that's the comedy of the show. Of course, Peg gets the thing that is impossible, and she's guaranteed to fail. Um, hey, listen, at least it wasn't Beef Wellington and Baked Alaska. That would have been funny though. Can you imagine if they said that Beef Wellington? Raw. <laughs> yeah, Kelly gets Jello, and that's even more complicated than everything else that was mentioned. It's true. You have to use heat. Yeah. Takes time. You have to stir it. You have to stir, right? You have to open the package, which proved clearly too difficult for her anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Need a break. Oh. Hi, Buck. 
dumber than the dog. <laughs> Let's see. What channel is Wheel of Fortune on? <laughs> and Buck Bundy finally speaks. <sighs> it's seven. Just like yesterday and the day before. <laughs> oh, it's seven. I thought it was seven. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Buck talking is something that from here on forward will happen every single season, multiple times. The guy who does his voice is a guy named Kevin Coran. Kevin Coran is a story editor for the show. So I guess he was doing this long term and he just said, well, you know, I have a Screen Actors Guild card. I'll, I'll do the voice for Buck. And it turns out that it was the perfect voice. Now, there's going to be an odd <clears throat> choice. I guess I don't know if Kevin Coran wasn't available. Like at one point, they used someone else's voice. Famous guy. But it was just horrendous and they just went back to kevin cran thank god so let's talk about buck a little bit because of this it's his big episode so buck was uh born april 26th 1983 and his real name is michael was only known for being an actor on married with children is a briared french sheepdog he was 12 and a half when he retired from married with children having spent eight years on the show so you could all get ready for him to be gone in four. He died at the age of 13, nine months after retiring. Ain't it the way? Uh, but we should all give him a good pat on the back or a rub on the head or whatever, pat on the head. Because in dog years, he was about 91 or 92 years old when he passed away. Which, you know, as I said, nine months after retiring. So he, he worked till he was in his 80s, I guess. He has episodes where, like, his name's in the title and he does, like, nothing. And then he has episodes like this where it's huge and he does he does something huge and he's not even in the title. Right. That's the Bundy curse. Fair enough. I'll give you that. Yeah, I was thinking that it's, it just seems like for something as – something so monumental as that, I don't know, it could have been, like, a bigger deal. But it, it just acted like it happens all the time. Yeah, it plays like a throwaway joke in this episode. Well, here's the thing. It's only monumental because we know he continues to do it. Like, this is the first time they ever Oh, that's it. true. Yeah, so they didn't think anything of it. They were like, hey, let's have even Buck, since they we, we touched on the idea that he's smarter than Peg, let's have it so you could even hear him thinking uh, more clearly or, or at a higher quality than Peg, you know? So that's that. I think the whole thing, him talking, was just to pull off the idea that he is smarter than Peg. That's it. You know, like this whole thing was born out of that. That's true. Yeah. And it became a whole character of him. The origin of it actually had a purpose. It wasn't just him saying something randomly witty. It Yeah, I get I And mean, it must have went over very well. And they decided to continue that joke. Oh, yeah. yeah. They loved it. And people really got a kick out of Buck's inner thoughts. They're like, well, hell, I could write one of these every once in a while. So they do. One thing I did observe about Buck speaking is that when he first talked, the first sentence about like what channel it's on and stuff, the delivery of Kevin Cran, it didn't sound like it normally does. And I was kind of bummed out because I was like, oh, the, the first time he talks, they weren't able to uh, to get the real guy to do it. I guess they didn't realize who they wanted till later. 
But then when he goes, yeah, right, it sounded exactly like Buck. He had to get into character. Yeah, yeah, he needed a warm-up. It was uh, born before 1900 day at the shoe store. <laughs> there were some feet that were so wrinkled you could have made a third foot out of them. <laughs> I truly, truly want to die. <laughs> but at least I have a high school diploma. <laughs> you staying up, Peg? Yes. Yeah, no reason for me to, then. <laughs> Good night. So we get another uh, kind of uh, you got to know when to hold a moment. Bud was peeping in on Marcy while she put a videotape of smut in her VCR and was about to pleasure herself. Do her taxes. Ah, right, right. I wonder if she gets her video cassettes from my hotel. Oh, you know what's kind of, oh, that's, I just thought of something. What if she went and stole the one of herself and Steve? Wow. And she watches that and cries. That would be horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's really that depressing. Just, that's the most depressing thing. <laughs> wow. Would you come up with that one? I don't know. If it makes you feel any better, there's no way that's possible because I have that cassette tape. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> Peggy, there I was, alone in my bedroom, in my nightgown. I had just put in a video cassette and was really ready to do my taxes <laughs> when I noticed an insect pressed against my bedroom window. Perhaps you might be able to identify it. <laughs> now, I want an apology. Bud kind of plays it cool like he did when he was doing the cuckoo-cachoo, Mrs. Robinson. Relax, babe. You're a woman. I'm a man. <laughs> If you didn't want me up there, you wouldn't have the ladder in the garage. Peggy! I didn't even know what to make of any of this. It was just great. So many things went through my head. Bud is still into her. And just think, if she didn't catch him, what he would have witnessed. I like his, and I also like his explanation, Will. If you wouldn't, if you didn't want me to peep on you, then you wouldn't have had a ladder in your garage. <laughs> well, she was clearly asking for it. <laughs> this is why I don't have a ladder in my garage. I do. Oh, boy. Oh, I, just, I know. I just go ahead and prop mine up against the side of the house. Save them the trouble. Oh, sweet. Well, when you hear uh, some peeps later, peep, peep, just move out of the way so I can see Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Did Bud wear pantyhose on his head when he was looking at her? <laughs> no, he wore his uh, black ski mask from when he was... Uh, mask Lover's Lane? Yeah, Lover's Lane. Bud, you must be punished. No school for you tomorrow, young man. <laughs> He'll learn. He'll learn. Well, I didn't mean to get him in this much trouble. Peg realizes the value of an education now. And the punishment is that he can't get one tomorrow. No school. Not going to be smarter than her now. Nope. Marcy um, starts talking about a lemon marangu. Meringue. Oh, meringue. Yeah, meringue. Oh, okay. Homac? I remember Homac. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what door have we opened? It was my favorite class. I got an A++ on my final. Lemon meringue pie. Oh, what an experience it was. My first, you know. 
kneading the dough till it was ready. And I was all sweaty. Then came my filling. Stirring and stirring over a pulsing heat. Don't bring it to a boil too fast, whatever you do. Slow, then fast. Slow, then fast. Till it starts to rise. Rise! Rise! Oh, God! My taxes! Yeah, and this was... This was another one of her jokes where she goes on and on and turns it into something sexual, which honestly I think was funny like the first six times they did it. And I, the last time it was funny was during the dentist one. It just, yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, though, I'm just, you know that's where she's going as soon as she starts talking about it. And I just don't think it's funny anymore. I, I really, just, I really don't. I just don't get why she just doesn't quit her job and just be a sex phone operator at this point. Now, Jamie, you're not even going to give her a pass because Kelly even identified what you're saying before she did it by going, oh, what door did we just open? Because everyone <laughs> knows, you know, they all know. Well, well, she said that when Marcy said, I remember Homac, and I think she just thought they were going down a dorky road of of her being a goober and, you know, being a nerd and, like, remembering something nerdy from high school, you know? Like, ugh. Right. Um, yeah, because then at the end, when when uh, both Peggy and Kelly are like, man, we wish we would have got pie. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I thought, um, although you're right, it's it's kind of like you can't get sick of Al coming in and saying a fat woman came into the shoe store today. You know, it's kind of their thing. No, well, but that's not as drawn out and it's not, yeah. I don't know. I it's just, the same if Al did his like uh suicide speech every episode. Right. Well, Bar- think about it. Marcy's only done this three times, right? In, in 76 episodes. Yeah, but they were all, but like we just had one with the dentist. I think is the point is that we just went through this. Huh. All right. I mean, yeah, how I many mean, episodes was that ago? Like, if she does this once per season, okay. But if she's going, I guess maybe that's right. Maybe that's why for me it just feels like they're one on top so. of the other. You know, the dentist. And was I guess it's not. But show sixty-two we did, and now we're right now. This is uh, seventy-eight. Okay. Well, I guess it wasn't that close together, but I don't know. I just. It feels close when like you're doing it, a podcast about it. I felt like it was. Yeah, I guess that's true. You do, because we're just zipping through these, yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I guess, uh, like, while I agree with Jamie that it feels like it's right on top of each other, I guess that is a good point that we, it's not like we're waiting this out or something. We're doing a podcast where we have to know how many times they do certain things, and that's why it seems like it's more to us right? when really it's not. Well, either way, I'll say she did a good job. Like, even though it might be, like, her thing or repetitive or whatever, I think she did definitely deliver everything really well. Because I, I, I got into it and I followed. Sometimes you zone out when that happens, but I yeah, followed Did you want to do your taxes? <laughs> oh, yeah. I ran upstairs and did my taxes when she was done. It's great. 
So now we get a cooking montage. Um, and they're playing the song uh, Working in the Coal Mine by Lee Dorsey, 1966. Kelly and Peg are both trying to make their respective dishes. Kelly is uh, cooking the box of... Uh, of jello um, you just put the spatula in the box and started stirring <laughs> the box uh peg uh the oven is smoking she collapses it's a good montage every every scene was pretty funny she even dropped the rack of lamb on the floor right yeah yeah oh, oh, we did it we did it we we really did it They're, they're so dramatic after making one little thing like this. They react the way my wife does every night after she's done cooking. And I think it's odd because it's not that big of a deal, hon. Don't worry, guys. She doesn't listen to this. <laughs> then you do it. You try working a long day and coming home late and then coming home and having to make meatloaf and mashed potatoes and, and roasted Brussels sprouts at midnight. Oh, my God. That's what I did last night. Wow. Look at you. <laughs> no, I do cook. I'm moving into Jamie's house. Like, yeah. They make dinners over there. Wow. I hope you and Brian want a kid. <laughs> I come with a cat. Yay. You're welcome. And a fiance. And she's <laughs> adorable. We so it works guess. out. How often does she do her taxes? Ah, never mind. No, I, I have to do her taxes. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. They did their thing. Um, I don't know why Kel- uh, Peg had such a hard time. She just... And it's funny. Again, we're going to talk about tooth or consequences. Peg made that whole gigantic dinner when Al couldn't eat it because he was at the dentist. It doesn't make sense that she would have such a hard time here. Uh, she knows how to cook. I just think she doesn't care or want to and she's lazy and all that good stuff. I'm, I don't know if it's because she doesn't know how. You know, um, so Al comes down for a midnight snack. He goes in the fridge and sees mom's mystery meat in the tinfoil. He passes on that, which he's smart to do. And then he sees the food on the table and those big like uh, what are those those dome? I don't know, but I find it odd that not only do they have one, but they have a matching set of them. Like who keeps those around? Like I don't even remember like my grandparents keeping that kind of stuff that's a good point why would and they certainly don't ever use stuff like that so why would they have them i mean did they steal it i would have been surprised if they had had tupperware i was gonna say why couldn't kelly's jello go in tupperware why would it have to be presented on this big tray with that cover on it like it's jello like did did the girl with the sliced peaches bring one of those in when she unveiled it (laughs) I was actually impressed that Kelly cut it into squares. Right. I mean, because what I probably would have done is just throw it in an eight by eight Pyrex dish, <laughs> wrap that some bitch in, in saran wrap. Yeah, here you go. And then take that in. Yeah. Jamie, your cat doesn't by any chance eat jello, does it? <laughs> <laughs> My cat likes to eat shredded cheese. <laughs> I sure am enjoying it. <laughs> I don't know about the cat, <laughs> but I sure am enjoying it. <laughs> That's good, Eddie. Oh, God, that's gross. Same flavor, too. (laughs) It's lime. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, he, he sucks it off the mom's finger. <laughs> oh, my God. So Al sees the good food on the table. He, I guess, in his defense, he thinks he's seen things. Like, he can't believe what he's looking at. And he is, it is roughly, um, it's about 5 o'clock in the morning because Peg and Kelly said they have, like, two and a half hours to get to get up to get to school or something. I'm just doing guesstimating. I kind of, like... Didn't, you know, I just trying to get a rough idea of when Al woke up in the middle of the night, you know? Uh, I'm guessing that was about right. Cause, well, I was looking at the clock whenever they did, the, whenever they showed the clock. Okay. And it was like close to five when they got finished. Okay, good. Yeah. Then he came down, I guess, shortly after that, but it had to be enough time for them to go upstairs and get into bed and Peggy was probably asleep. Right. So it was probably like 5.30, maybe? 6 o'clock? That's what I'm thinking. 5.30 or 6. Now, it's funny. I wake up at 5.20 every day. So to me, this wouldn't be like a delusional middle-of-the-night thing. But Al does work in the shoe store. And, you know, obviously they don't open at 7 in the morning. So he ain't waking up when I do. It, it would be like me waking up at 3 in the morning. So I could see why he's a little out of sorts. Not that I don't think that was this would stop him. I'm just saying. But how does he not know she spent all, like, night cooking lamb? Did he not come home and see her cooking lamb at the time? Like, No, he went upstairs to bed early, remember? That was the night before, wasn't it? Yeah, but the food was out. He just ignored them. Was it the night before? It was the night before where where he went to sleep, uh, because right after that is when... Marcy came over, so was it that night? Oh, that was the same night, because they wanted Marcy to help him cook. Okay, so, so yeah, he was asleep. It was, yeah, he went to bed early that okay, night. But the food, was, the food was out, though, when he was down there talking to him. He just wasn't paying attention. Oh, okay. Uh, so while he's eating this, I love how he puts the napkin, he tucks it into his shirt like a bib. <laughs> like, seriously? Have y'all ever actually seen anyone do that in real life? Yes. Really? Yeah, well, I work in restaurants. I see it all the time. (laughs) She saw it today. Do you just look at him and go, I bet they wear a top hat and say m'lady a lot? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. But um, now here's the real question. Why is there a fork and a knife in front of the rack of lamb? That is a good question. Uh, Where did they get that silverware? Presentation? (laughs) They probably got it from the same restaurant they stole the the, the <laughs> plates from. Yeah. But why would you have that there? Like, that table should just be those two big things, and, and that's it. Well, really, the Jello should be in the refrigerator. Right, that too. That's going to sit out for two hours. Yeah. And I, I love how Peg put the little booties on the on the rack of lamp, too. Got to make it's presentation. Got to make it look good. Extra credit. So, yeah, for some reason, they left a fork and knife there, but Al actually doesn't even use it. He eventually drops them and just digs in, man. Well, if the fork and knife were inside on the plate, maybe they were there for presentation also. I don't know. That we'd have to rewatch. I didn't check for that. But that could be. But if not, then why would they be there? Well, the teacher said she was going to eat it with her cats, so maybe they're supposed to supply the eating utensils. Oh, well, so her cat likes Jello. Oh, uh, yeah. Wow. And carrot sticks and cinnamon toast and sliced peaches, apparently. 
It's time for no man to take a little break in the Jiggly Room. I'm the DJ, and I'm gonna play a little bit of music that was on this week's episode of Marry With Children. make us breakfast. <laughs> oh. That's me. <laughs> oh, no. He didn't. Yep, he did. Wake up, you moron. You ate my final exam. Oh. <laughs> The look on Peg's face when she sees Al is so gratifying. All my mind goes back to is her stealing the money he had buried in the backyard. Oh, you are never going to get over that. Absolutely not. That was almost $5,000, <laughs> which was 10000 He was going to have the car of his dreams, Jamie. Oh, no, I am, I am right there. Like, I am, I am not happy about it. But so far, that, I just we, think it's uh, funny that Alex keeps bringing it up. <laughs> well, you know why? Because would we all agree that so far that's about the lowest she's ever? The... About yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, she did also bury his bowling ball once. She's been pretty low, but that's that's probably the the lowest. Right. But either that, I don't know. I mean, that comes that practically ties with sabotaging your daughter's graduation. Oh uh, well, we'll get there. No, let's not. Let's just end this. All right, guys, tune in next week when we review. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are going to get there, obviously, guys. You didn't eat my jello, did you, Daddy? (laughs) It's all right, honey. It's here. Oh, thank God. What are you going to do, Mom? I don't know. It's not time to make another one. Maybe Miss Byer will understand. I don't want to be dumber than the dog. (laughs) Oh, well. It's just a stupid piece of paper. Who needs a diploma? means nothing at all. I'll just go there and and face the music. (laughs) So when Peg is flipping out about all this, Al smiles and burps in her face. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the taste of karma uh, was that not amazing uh, so I love how he lifts his head to do it too <laughs> like he wasn't in this much but man he had a nice little impact in there excellent A minus nice B plus Ruben A plus 
Kelly and and Peg are online to show the teacher the dish, which everybody just shows and walks away. I mean, I guess they just leave it on a desk that she'll take later to her cats. But the uh, guy, Ruben, she doesn't even have to see his. And now that I know how you make cinnamon toast, what's the that's that's easier than sliced carrots. So it's not really a challenge. So what's to look at? Oh, Miss Wanker, your card, please. Jello. Excellent. A minus. <laughs> so Peg lifts up her her train. It's Jello. Now, what were you guys thinking at this point? Were you thinking? Because Kelly has no reaction to this. So were you confused? Were you going? Huh, I wonder if, um, if Kelly is, uh, if, if Kelly deliberately, they, like, she knew they switched, she didn't seem surprised. Well, you know what, I, I was kind of thinking the same thing, because, like, Peg had both cards. Right. Kelly did, so was Kelly just oblivious to what was going on? Like, did, was she literally just not paying attention so much so that, like, was she not like, why did my mom show up with the, her tray if there's nothing on it? How is she going to get out of it? Like, right. You're not questioning anything right now. Anything. You're not wondering why your mom is showing the thing you spent all night making. This is where Bud gets his, his connivingness from. (laughs) I just don't get this whole ending. You know, it's great as a, a sitcom and you just, you know, if you're not analyzing it, but I'm not sure what we're, what we're watching. Well, what just, I mean, it's just one more example of how stupid Kelly is and, and completely oblivious. <laughs> like, she just is completely oblivious. I mean, look how surprised she is. She doesn't notice that the tray is a different size from the other, the tray that she had right. before. She doesn't notice that it feels incredibly light. She doesn't notice that she doesn't have her card. She's not <laughs> paying attention to the fact that her mother presents her jello right before her. I mean, she's totally oblivious. And... I love it, though, because it does kind of lead you to believe, like, oh, like, for one second, oh, did Kelly give her that so she could so she could graduate, you know? Um, right. But then, of course, we get that great payoff where she's like, hey. <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> this seemed like a missed opportunity to say the dog ate my homework. Oh, yeah, yeah that's funny. That would have been funny. Or she could have even said, my dad ain't my homework. <laughs> <laughs> Something, right. Miss Bundy, your card. Oh, I have one for her. Crown rack of lamb. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, Kelly, this is the happiest moment of my life. I finally got a diploma. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here to share this moment with me. Yeah, Mom, I'll remember it fondly while I'm sweating through summer school. Kelly eventually confronts Peg on this. Why'd you do it, Mom? Why'd you take my jello? <laughs> oh, honey. Don't you understand? I did it for you. Sweetie, this is your last summer as my little girl. Now, if I'd let you graduate, your father would have you work the whole summer. That would mean no beach, no shopping, no vandalizing. <laughs> this way, all you have to do is spend one hour a day in class, and the rest of the time, 
is summertime. So, Kelly, just think of this as my graduation present to you. Oh, thank you, Aww. Mom. You're the best. <laughs> she apparently has not, she's not going to graduate now due to a half of a credit or something. Like, somehow this is exactly the exact amount of credit she needs to pass to. Yeah, like she made it. She she convinces her that it's great that she's going to summer school. But I'm over here like, no, people get murdered by bunnies in summer school. <laughs> I just want to see how many people will catch that reference. That's a good one. Oh, apparently this is also the last time we see Chuck at the bum. Huh. So, Jerry, tell us a little bit about first. Let's go to the teacher. So Miss Byer was played by Marge Redman, who uh, in my research found out that, um, one, she's been in a lot of TV shows. But the thing I found the funniest is that she was in some video games like Grand Theft Auto 4, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, and Max Payne 2, The Fall of Max. Wow. And these are not like squeaky clean video games. I wonder if she curses in them. I don't know. I've got to find out because, like, even, like, the movie she's done, like, she was in, like, The Flying Nun. Uh, you know, the fortune cookies. So, like, she's been in, like, more squeaky clean stuff. And then she's been in a lot of the stuff almost everybody who does TV has been in, like, Law and & Order and uh, The Cosby Show and Columbo. And she was in Mama's Family for Jamie because I know Jamie's from the South, so she's been forced to watch that at some point in her life. Forced? Are you kidding me? I DVR that show. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It's on me. It's on me TV. I DVR it every day. Oh, my God. Wow. I, I don't have to watch that show because literally uh, Mama from Mama's Family was my granny. They I literally just, are the same person. In the past week, I think I've posted two scenes on Facebook from that show. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, Yay. Um, and then we also have uh, Susan, who's played by Zoe Trilling. Uh, she was going as Jerry Betzler for some reason during this time. And... Uh, She's got some horror movies under her name. Night of the Demons 2, Dr. Giggles, the best dentistry movie that Marcy's ever seen, uh, Leprechaun 3, <laughs> which is the Las Vegas one, right? Oh, my God. Is it? Yeah, she's in that. Uh, Night Terrors with Robert England, and she was also in Amityville, The Evil Escapes, which was a made-for-TV movie. She was a hooker in Hellbound. Yeah, she like she's been in... She hasn't been in a lot of stuff, but she's she played something called Goldfinger in Last Exit to Earth. Is she not dead? really sure what that uh, dead? No, I don't think she's dead, but she stopped acting in like '97. Yeah, I wonder why. Uh, well, you know, once you do Doctor Giggles, there's nowhere else to go from there. That's kind of the top. Like, well, maybe she was vandalizing some graveyards tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why she never acted again. Was that accident? Yeah, everybody said, well, do we have anything from this girl before we cast? And they all played that one scene, and they said, no, we're good. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> Thank you, Zoe. Mom, it's time for graduation pictures. Oops, gotta go. <laughs> oh, man, I'm gonna go to school during the summer. <laughs> hey. Hey! <laughs> No, ma'am, we'll be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page 
for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. Now they're available on the TV Time app. Go to your app store and type in TV Time. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now Jerry, Jamie, and Alex are going to give their final thoughts on this week's episode. All right, guys. How many school credits do you need to graduate this year for Peggy Made a Little Lamb, Jamie? I need four credits to graduate. I I really do like this episode, even though I was complaining about the sexy meringue joke and the uh, dog ate my homework joke. I felt like there were a couple of spots that could have used a little more originality, but when, I feel like when this one hit, it hit really, really solid. So I, I found myself laughing a lot. Plus that song, every time I hear it, it gets stuck in my head. It's been used a lot in TV shows, so it just, I don't know, it's just catchy. So, yeah, four. Awesome. How about you, Jerry? How many credits do you need to graduate high school this year? Uh, I'm going to need three. I like this episode. It has some extremely funny lines, but there's a lot of uh, just nonsense and plot holes throughout it. That really makes no sense if you look into it, but like I said with the show... As long as the jokes are good, I can overlook a lot of that. And uh, that was definitely it. It needed a little bit more Al. It definitely needed more Steve. But uh, I'll stick with a solid three out of five. This is pretty spot on. Wow. I will give this a four out of five. I mean, that's how many credits I need to graduate this year. I really liked it. I, I didn't find any dead spots. I thought it was a really unique idea. Um, like I said, Peg was doing some pretty good acting in that first act. And this, uh, in the middle of the second, uh, half of the second. Um, it was cool to see a big focus on Kelly again. I guess she's... Uh, I, th- I do know that. I used to hear, uh, I used to hear stories about... How when they were filming live, Kelly would get the biggest applause out of out of anybody on the cast when she walked out to the live audience before they started recording. So I think that the show began to realize her popularity, much like Happy Days realized with Fonzie. And then they kept pushing him a little bit more in the forefront. And I think that's what's happening here. I bet you that's why we're getting a lot of Kelly lately. And that's okay by me. Yeah. And man, she's handling it well. Just like Henry Winkler. Winkler, whatever his name is, did. Uh, you know, they both rose to the occasion. Uh, they're doing great. I, I like the bud thing. I love the implications of that with him and Marcy. I think that's insane. Uh, it's just crazy. I love it. Al, I, he, I think he did a solid job for, you know, he's, he's again taking a backseat to the episode. I guess... It's, it's pretty big of Ed O'Neill to do that. You know, a lot of times when you're the main guy of a show, you kind of, like, argue that you don't have enough lines and stuff. 
but he's willing to let everybody, you know, all get a spotlight. So it's pretty interesting that that's the kind of guy he is, that he wouldn't make a fuss over that. It's just crazy. It was a cool montage. You don't get too many montages of Marrow Children, so that was pretty cool. Some edgy humor, like, well, we both like girl, uh, both like boys. Um, and uh, the ending, although it makes zero sense, Kelly's reactions, it's still... It's still jarring, you know, to, to just watch that all unfold and you can't believe it. And how could Peggy sink this low yet again? So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I gave it a four to five. So, guys, tune in next week when we review Rain Girl. Guess who that's about? <laughs> when Kelly lands a high-paying gig as a local news weather girl, Al learns the hard way that when it rains, it pours. 